1: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here we go, hour two, great day for talk radio, but the freezing weather is now upon us, and uh, it may lead to, with the freezing drizzle that Danny just mentioned, uh, you know, transit gets bogged up, and uh, sometimes, in fact, you know, the switches freeze, and uh, oh, the horror, the horror. You know, the other complaint was that uh, with all the snowfall, sometimes there were cars that were parked on the side of the road you know, but not really adjacent to the curb. And so streetcars couldn't get by along their tracks. Became a big issue in the city in the last couple of days anyway until they cleared it. But uh, nonetheless, you know, there's always issues with transit. Now the latest I'm reading is the uh, Presto cards, you know, that uh, have all kinds of data loaded into them. Names, uh, your credit card number, that kind of stuff are sometimes being used by the police. Uh, The data is handed over by MetroLinks in many cases, without a warrant. And uh, this has caused some people to wonder uh, just how secure their information really is if the cops can come a-calling and the material is relinquished to them. Same deal with these DNA sites, and I'll get to that, but I wanted to start with the Presto cards closer to home, of course, that uh, is of immediate concern. And joining us to clarify the point, the issue, or put it into perspective, Ann Kavukian, our friend who's the distinguished expert in residence at the Privacy by Design Center of Excellence at Ryerson University and former three-term privacy commissioner here in the province. And good to have you back in The Oakley Show. Good afternoon.
0: Hi, John. Always my pleasure.
1: All right, uh, these presto fare cards, uh, personal information is stored in there. And apparently, uh, law enforcement officers are uh, seeking access to that information to private data uh, and without a warrant. Should we be concerned?
0: see what i un- what I don't understand is why people find this acceptable at Metrolinx. because with a warrant, you know with the exception of emergencies and ex- exigent circumstances, with a warrant the police have a full right of access to the data because they've um, demonstrated that they have probable cause they've gone to a judge judge says yep you need to investigate under those circumstances be my guest but short of that why would you give over your customers' personal information, the details relating to where they go and when they come back, at what times of day, so much information that can lead to tracking of individuals' activities. I don't understand why they would relinquish.
1: Well, I guess when you say uh, in terms of tracking individuals, let's say that individual uh, is suspected of committing a crime, would that justify handing that information over? Oh,
0: but if they're suspected of committing a crime, you can get a warrant. It's not that hard to get a warrant. That's probable cause. That's what the police would go. We, said, we suspect this guy's committed this crime. We need to investigate. Judge says, okay, here's the warrant. Go do it. Then, by all means, MetroLink's give over the information. But short of that, why would you do it? Because the police may think they have suspects in a number of areas where they don't have sufficient probable cause, and that's the concern. People can't just And I think you, you must have noticed that the requests for um, data from Metrolinx has gone has spiked to forty seven percent in twenty eighteen. So they're requesting more and more times, going directly to Metrolinx without a warrant, and saying, "Just show us this information." That's what we have to stop. That's what I find unacceptable.
1: All right. They say in just four of the twenty six cases related to law enforcement investigations are suspected offenses uh did MetroLink's require a court order in just four of them the other 22 didn't require one I guess because it was an emergency situation uh maybe they wanted to recover a wallet or something like that uh can you see where that might not require a warrant I believe in law there's something about uh the immediacy of uh, wanting to yeah, solve a crime yeah.
0: But in those 22 other cases, I don't think it was the case that it was an emergency or exigent circumstances because they they had noted that elsewhere and said, you know, if there's a missing person or something, obviously there's an enormous need to move quickly. I get that. But in the majority of these cases, there there is nothing like an emergency or exigent circumstances, and there's no warrant. The police are just saying, you know, it'll be easier if you just, you know, give us this information about this guy. We suspect he's committed a crime or something. And this is what we have to stop at a massive level, at a societal level, because this is how surveillance and tracking of our activity starts. It starts benignly. And, you know, the police saying, well, we're trying to catch a bad guy in which case, of course, they could have tried to get a warrant, but they're not. And if they're not getting a warrant, it probably means they don't have sufficient probable cause to be successful in obtaining the warrant. That's why we have these protocols in place.
1: So you're saying we're too casual and cavalier with our own privacy, and these agencies that should be looking after us because they collect the data, after all, uh, are being yeah, yeah, a little slipshod. So, uh, all right, that's a point well taken.
0: Recall, John, when we had tokens, and tokens are ending this year, um, you had complete anonymity. You could just, you know, buy a roll of tokens, take two out every day, go about your business. It was completely anonymous. That has disappeared.
1: All right. Uh, This is something then. The people in charge ought to be mindful of because it could be otherwise a public relations nightmare for them. Anne Kavukin's with us, three-time privacy commissioner here in the province. You know, you talked about uh, catching bad guys. I just wanted to pivot to a case. I'm curious about how you feel about this. Uh, during uh, an assault on New Year's Eve late night into New Year's Day, a lawyer here in Toronto was beaten uh, into a coma, actually, at Queen oh. and Bathurst. And a screen grab from uh, a CCTV, I guess, or a video in one of the stores uh, had uh, been widely disseminated, and this alleged perp was charged on Friday. He was caught. He was nabbed. Yeah. Now, we'll wait and okay. see. Uh yeah. Which, you know, kind of puts us on the horns of a dilemma. Without this kind of ubiquitous uh, surveillance, maybe this guy doesn't get caught. So how do we square that circle? Do you you favor, you know, uh, a certain amount of surveillance publicly? no what
0: i would do the cameras are there i understand that what i would do is encrypt the video feed meaning you've got the cameras there they're capturing data but it's protected unless you suspect something is going on so again they there was this horrible action that happened someone was killed etc um it's very easy to get a warrant to decrypt the encrypted video feed so you would gain access to the information you need, because there's a clear reason for it. You know, someone's been killed. There's always a way to do both, to have privacy and appropriate public safety measures. You can do both. The assumption, the false assumption, is that you have to give up one for the other. Well, we need public safety, so forget about privacy. No, you need both, and we have measures in society to give you both. That's what we have to um, achieve.
1: All right, well, that's an interesting one because it'll sort of dovetail with my next question. BuzzFeed has come out with a story where uh, one of these genealogical companies, Family Tree DNA, oh. uh, they uh, voluntarily agreed last year to open its database of more than 2 million records to the FBI uh, and let them examine mm-hmm. DNA samples in the lab to identify suspects and victims of unsolved rapes and murders. So, I, you know, and uh, they're actually rationalizing it, saying... Uh, we have this database that anybody can sort of uh, go into and just sort of try to square with their own and follow the, the trail of where their own DNA uh, might match up. And the police are just using this facility so that they can catch bad people uh, who may be in their data bank or some, something along those lines. Yes. Uh, is this a breach of faith between the company? You know, these companies proliferate now. A lot of people, I think, at Christmas probably got gift kits yes. and so on and so forth. Yes. Is there something we need to be wary about when we hand over our DNA to these people?
0: In a word, do not do it. Do not hand over your DNA. And it's there's a variety of reasons. First of all. DNA doesn't just apply to you. It applies to your relatives, to your children, to your family, extended. So you're not only giving up your privacy, you're giving up every, everybody else's privacy in your family, which I'm sure they have not agreed to. But the, what was insidious in this example, which with family tree DNA, it, it's ironic. They marketed themselves as being leaders in consumer privacy, you know, strong protectors of their users' data, and unlike their competitors, they wouldn't sell it uh, to third parties, et cetera. So what do they do? They give it to the FBI, for God's sakes. Without any, any consent of the parties who submitted their DNA, there's no transparency. People didn't know they were going to do this. And when they learned that they were doing this, revealing their DNA to the FBI, they were outraged. There was a real backlash. And it was a joke that... They were family tree DNA was committed to protecting their privacy. It's nonsense. You can't just collect very sensitive data like biometric data, your DNA, and then give it to the police. My God, it's not if you agree to that. When you provide it and you're given notice and they, and they tell you, oh, and by the way, we're making this information available to law enforcement without a warrant. Do you agree to that? Fine. But nobody's agreed to that. They weren't even aware of this. It's the lack of transparency that drives me uh, just crazy in these instances, especially when the data is so sensitive. I keep telling people, do not do this. Do not give up your DNA to parties unknown because you don't know what unauthorized third parties who they're going to give the data to.
1: Well, it's interesting because the president of the company uh, says, we've received an incredible amount of support from those of you who believe this is an opportunity for honest, law-abiding citizens to help catch wow. bad guys and bring closure to devastated families. Uh,
0: oh, it's, it's <laughs> nonsense. He also... Really, genuine, as he said, genuinely was sorry for not having handled uh, communications with my users. Um, We should have told you before. See, the thing is, implicit in that is that if you're a law-abiding citizen, you should have no problem with the police accessing all your data. That's utter nonsense. It's law-abiding citizens have a right to privacy, which forms the foundation of our freedom. If you want the police looking into everything, oh my goodness, does 1984 come into mind? That the state having access to all of your data, doing things that you have no idea what the backlash is going to be. And I assure you, there's also lots of mistakes that are happening. So false positives arise. It's a joke that just, oh, if you're a law-abiding citizen, what's the problem? The problem is that's not pro- that's not what freedom is about. That I always say that could have been the motto of the Stasi police in the Third Reich. You know, you you're a law-abiding citizen, what's wrong with the state having all your information? That's not what freedom is about. Freedom is you being in control of your personal information. That's what freedom
1: is about. Well, they try to sell it again. Uh, These have also become useful tools, they say, for law enforcement agencies, helping detectives solve high-profile cases such as the Golden State Killer last year. And then they say at the end of the day, this is valuable work. Anything that helps uh, put a name to an unidentified body, potentially enabling their loved ones to finally know what happened to them, is a good thing. So they're selling it on that premise.
0: it pulls it, tugs at your heartstrings, these poor families. They don't you know. And my heart goes out to them. But relinquishing everyone's privacy and freedom to give the police that kind of power? No. We do not want to live in a police state. We cherish our freedom. We want to preserve it. And you don't do that by gaining access to all this information on the part of the law enforcement without a warrant. The reason we have warrants in place is because we value privacy, because we have made it abundantly clear for years and years that in order for law enforcement to access very sensitive data, they have to have probable cause, reasonable grounds on which they can base their case on why they need the information. That has been with us for a long time because we value our freedom. We do not want to become a police state. We can't lose sight of that.
1: Well, uh, some might say that ship has already sailed in, but I get it, uh, where you're trying to uh, shore up Uh, the ramparts here while the final assault's taking place. I might have even witnessed it the other day. I got this new phone, and uh, as I'm registering it, they wanted to uh, basically do facial recognition, and you complete the circle. (laughs) And so... But,
0: but, John, let me tell you one thing. That ship... We're getting another ship. We're getting another ship because, really, with the very new law that's passed in the European Union last year, the General Data Protection Regulation, it is elevating privacy dramatically all around the world, is restoring control of one's personal data back to the individuals, the data subjects, which is where it belongs, and countries all around the world are changing their laws, upgrading them to become compliant with the GDPR, because everyone wants to do business with the EU. Canada, our federal privacy commissioner, went to the government last year and said, we need to upgrade our federal private sector legislation, PEPIDA, it's dated early 2000s, and we need to add privacy by design, to our law would because they've done this in the eu
1: that's yeah that's but ann let me formula. ask you though this this yeah. iphone that i purchased asked for <laughs> facial recognition i had no choice i want the damn phone i've got to circle my head like a pigeon and wait till i complete the circle and uh, then I, they've logged me in was yes, i a fool I did, to do that
0: no no i did the same thing oh. let me tell you why you're not a fool to do that oh. it's it's a wonderful way of getting access to your iphone but Apple has gone to great lengths to protect your data, and they do not share your biometrics, your facial recognition with anybody. It facilitates you gaining access to uh, the information on your iPhone. But they are amazing in terms of their protection of your data, and now they're setting the bar very high for other companies to match what they're doing and how strongly they protect your, your facial recognition. So that one is not a negative.
1: Okay, because when I'm wearing sunglasses and a toque, you know, uh, the phone won't unlock. doesn't recognize me, which is a good thing. I might have to wear that uh, eternally, all my waking hours, shades and a toque. All right, Ann, we'll let you go. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground. Always appreciative. My pleasure, John. Thank you. You got it, Ann Kavukian again. Distinguished expert in residence, privacy by design center of excellence at Ryerson University.